Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we've got a wild one for you. We are going to be talking about this movie called PG Psycho Goreman. This is a fun little movie that just came out. It's in, uh, it's still in drive-in theaters right now, and I don't know, possibly some regular theaters as well. And it's on VOD where I watched it because uh, I did make it out to a drive-in uh, a couple weeks ago for the first time, but uh, mostly just watching movies at home still. Freaking pandemic, but um. Anyway, uh, this movie is completely insane, and it's about this little girl who befriends this monster creature thing and uh has the ability to control it and they get into some shenanigans it's it's a uh it's a weird movie and it's very gory and very ridiculous and a lot of fun with me to talk about it is jc from the screen fix podcast he's been on the show a couple times in the past but it's been a little while so i'm glad to have him back on the show i always have fun going on his podcast as well and uh yeah so we're gonna get into that in a minute here but before we do i want to remind you all as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever it is you listen to podcasts you could also rate and review us on apple Podcasts or podchaser if you're enjoying the show and follow us on social media at piecing pod also don't forget we have a facebook group called popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and we also have a Patreon. I gotta mention the Patreon because this week we are going to be adding a bonus episode from Awesome Movie Year, which just finished up its sixth season on the films of 1984 and before moving on to their next season, which is going to be on the Awesome Movie Year of 2003. Uh, They're posting a couple of bonus episodes and one of them will be exclusive to the Patreon and it is on Prince's Purple Rain. And it is a very fun episode, let me tell you that. So check that out, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine content from all the podcasts that I'm involved with, as well as from my music career. Lots of great content over there, so check that out. And with that said, let's talk about Psycho Goreman. All right, so back on the show with us, it's JC from the Screen Fix Podcast. How's it going, man? It's going great. I have to say I am so happy to be here. Uh, I've been on the show a few times, not in a hot yeah. minute, and I have missed you. I have missed your mm. face. Like I don't know how this is possible, but every time I come on this show, 
uh, we're both a little bit older, but you somehow keep getting more and more attractive. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you so much. I uh, yeah, no problem. You know, it's a, a steady regimen of uh, sleeping most of the day, and then uh, just watching movies and podcasting about them the rest of the time, and that's all I do. So yeah, that is the key to long health and long life. Yeah, that's right. Sleep and movies. Oh my God, some of these podcasts are going to last way too yeah. long. <laughs> all out there. <laughs> so your return to this podcast, by the way, comes for Psycho Goreman. Yes, you traditionally asked me to do the movies that nobody else wants to, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be I, here. You know. I don't know. I wonder if the, this movie, I honestly don't 100% know what the reaction to this thing is. I feel like a lot of people love this movie, and then I feel like a lot of yeah. people haven't even heard of this movie, and yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure where the general consensus is, but... I know I had a lot of fun with this movie. Was this something you were like actually looking forward to when it when it came out, or did you just kind of just check it out? We're like, no, oh, this is weird. This is this is actually pretty funny. Like I had just heard of this movie when you said, "Hey, does anybody want to fix this with me?" And I was like, "That is, I have absolutely." It's funny because you asked about fixing it, and I had planned on watching it like that day. Like I had I had heard about it, read about it, saw it, and I'm like, "Well, you know what? I'm going to watch this anyway." And I know this is right in a like a horror comedy wheelhouse that I really enjoy. Sure. So I was like, "You're damn right, I want to fix this." I mean, not fix this. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, fixing is what you I'm do. I'm already JC. screwing up. That's my pot. Sorry, we piece you asked together. If you wanted to piece together instead of fixing. Yeah. Piece together. I'm sorry, my oh, thought. No, you're, totally you're, good. Mixed up. you're good. You're uh, good. Yeah. So you, you were asking if anybody wanted to uh, do puzzle pieces because you had a bunch of them, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" So because I had already read about it. So I was like, hell yeah, I want to do this. So uh, yeah, uh, you got me. You got me here. And here I am. And I am ready to not fix things. I am ready to piecel puzzle. <laughs> piecel it together. I am ready. I, <laughs> I am ready to puzzle piece movies. Let's do it. With you. This movie, Psycho Gorman. Yes. PG Psycho Gorman, by the way. PG. Full, full yeah, title. PG. Full title. All right. You know what? We'll get into a lot of stuff about this movie along the way, so let's just jump in. Oh, wait. What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Oh, wow. Just jumping really right yeah, in. Yeah, let's huh? do it. Okay, well, I have to preface all of this with every puzzle piece that I thought of, I wrote down, and then I went and watched some I interviews with the director, mm. and the director wears every influence on his sleeve. He mentioned every single movie <laughs> that I thought of a puzzle piece for. Wow. And then I tried thinking of three more deep cut puzzle pieces. He mentioned all of those too. And I really didn't know where to, where to go with it because the guy just says, oh yeah, this is based on this movie and this is based on this character. This is based wow. on this movie. Because it, it is a movie that is uh, an homage to a certain very specific yeah. niche type of movie. Yeah. Um, and he definitely will tell you what inspired every single thing in this movie. He's basically puzzle pieced it together for That's us. That's exciting. I, I need so, to check out that interview afterwards. Yeah, it's a couple of them. And what I'm going to do is, is I am going to just tell you what I, the one that I thought of, mm. and then I will tell you what I found that he said about it after I say what I'm going to say about okay. it. How, how about cool, that? Cool, cool. Sounds so, good. Let's get to it. All right, so... One of my first puzzle pieces, and actually it was right from the beginning, was the movie Highlander. Mm. 
Uh, so Highlander has, you know, that wonderful 80s blue aesthetic to it. And it's uh, got sword sword battles. And of course, we have plenty of sword sure. battles. But the first thing that made me think of Highlander was Highlander also has the opening red text. Mm. Uh, so this movie opens with red text that is scrolling. And the first thing I thought of, it's because I, I watch Highlander at least once a okay. year. I, I really enjoy Highlander. And immediately I went, okay, that's red text. That's Highlander. The first thing that I that it invoked was Highlander, and also Highlander very famously has uh, 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 one band doing the music for sure. it, uh, Queen, and this movie also has one band doing the music for it, uh, a band called Blitz Berlin. Yeah, so been doing a bunch of scores uh, for uh, indie films lately. Yeah, so we've got so that was my first one was Highlander, and of course I went to the tape, and the director said that he also loves Highlander. And he says that's why he fills his films. That's why he said that his films end with sword battles. Okay. So he loves Highlander. Um, so, and that's why he likes to put in lots of swords. And uh, that was my first puzzle piece. I have a bonus trivia. Okay. So that, the red voiceover uh, with the, the red text in Highlander uh, the person who is narrating that is Sean Connery. And the reason why that it sounds all, all, why there's like an, an, an echoey, ethereal component to his voice, it's because he recorded it in his bathroom. So that, the, so those, uh, the echoey sound is his voice uh, ricocheting off sinks and toilets. Uh, this is Sean Connery, so probably a gold toilet. Yeah, sure. At least a gold toilet seat. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, only gold is good enough to caress. Uh, the bottom of uh, Sean Connery. Well, we're so. we're getting some good uh, information yeah. here with these puzzle pieces so far. This is uh Boom. this is good. I like it. Uh, that's what. It, yeah. <laughs> All right. I haven't seen Highlander in a long time. I by the it. way, I, I I do want to revisit that series one of these days. At least the first one. I, well, the series is not great. Mm. Highlander Two is awful. Sure. Uh, Highlander Two is is really terrible. Uh, which is actually funny because the director did say that he took a bit of Highlander Two. And put it in this movie, um, but um, yeah, uh, Highlander Two is terrible. But then there's the there was the very popular Highlander TV series with uh, what was his name Adrian, yeah, sexy hunky dude instead of uh, weird accent Christopher Lambert. I honestly yeah, have no idea who was in the TV series. Adrian Paul, I don't, I don't whatever that he was he was big in the nineties. The hunky hunky Highlander dude, hunky boy. We we and know I, that PG likes his hunky boys. He does. <laughs> hunky boys. PG. Okay. Um yeah, so that's Great. my first piece. I like it. Well, I'm going to move on Thanks. to uh to my first piece and this is kind of Great. the first one that came to my mind. Uh the the mixing of kids with just ultra gore violence for comedic effect. I thought of the 2010 comic book movie Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah. With what's her name? Hit Girl, I believe. Uh and just ultra yeah. violence and uh, a precocious kid who just loves it and thinks it's so much fun and so yeah. funny. And it is such a fun thing to watch because, you know, kids being kids, but then being surrounded by all this over the top gore is great. And this movie, a lot of the time when you get to these kind of like B movie inspired kind of films, people will talk about just how completely insane and over the top they are. And then you watch them and you're just kind of like, eh, this doesn't really quite live up to what everyone's talking about. But this movie is pretty freaking gory. I mean, there is a lot of decapitations. We get 
yes. people melting and you know yeah. all kinds of shit. So uh, I was very, very pleased with the gore in this movie, and uh, that is a big plus for me. But it's that gore that only scares like kids, right? You know what I mean? Like this, it's it's that gore that you know. This is the reason why when we think about a movie that scared us when we were like 80s kids or even like late, you know, early 90s kids, uh, you know, when movies, when they were still throwing kids in really gory stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is why there were, you know, and also I believe PG is a nod to how PG films were so scary for kids that they had to make the PG-13 Sure, rating. yeah, I would, I would think uh, so. Yes. There were some PG-13 movies that would scare the crap out of me yeah. when I was a kid. Now, PG, PG movies that would scare the crap. But that's why you go back and you watch that old movie that scared you, and you watch it when you're an adult, and you're like, this is so corny. Right. So cheesy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's just that, like, that, that practical effects gore where you can absolutely notice that suddenly the real head has been replaced by a fake sure. head. Or, you know, all those kind of things like that, which, which give this whole genre its, its, its charm. It's, it's undeniable charm. Definitely, definitely. Well, what do you got for your next piece? My next piece, I think, was an obvious one. It was one of the first ones that I thought of. Uh, Little Kid Controls, uh, Instrument of Death, a uh, uh, really easy one, uh, Terminator 2. Sure. Uh, of course, our, our boy John Connor. Uh, is a kid uh, played by Eddie Furlong. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Eddie Furlong of many a 90s girls uh, teeny bopper magazine <laughs> cover cover boy. I know my sister loved him. My Eddie. And had uh, uh, all of his posters torn out of bopper and, and, and big bopper on her, on her door and on her walls. Mm -hmm. and she loved him. But anyway, he was in control. Of course, the ultimate killing machine, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's t-800 and uh there's lots of nods to it in here i mean even from like you know having to help him like reconcile with okay when i tell you not to hurt anybody that doesn't mean like instantly kill them so they don't feel pain right. or something like that like when uh this when psycho uh turns that cop into basically like a living like melty pain creature <laughs> yeah. and it's trying to kill itself the whole time which was actually pretty funny it was very funny. Uh, very morbid uh but very funny uh you know some of those things like uh are very uh terminator 2-esque and also in uh terminator 2 uh the terminator kind of comes to understand human emotions right right like when he says i know now why you cry but it's something i could never do mm -hmm. he sacrifices himself and all that kind of stuff i mean at the end of this one our character psycho does say that he realizes what love is you know that you know those uh you know so there's a lot of parallels there yeah. with uh terminator 2 and this film and also you know like eddie furlong was kind of a punk ass and i'm sorry but mimi is definitely a punk oh, ass. definitely uh, it, in this She's a little shit because yeah, I mean it's far funnier for some punk ass kid to control a monster of death than like a really the, it it would have been a completely different movie if her brother yeah. had the control would have been some wimpy like it it definitely would have leaned more uh, PG than R had the I think <laughs> had so. the wimpy brother controlled the 
the monster. You know, you also you also have the uh, the 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 bad guy character showing up in the form of like an authority figure and tricking the parents. So you got that too. Oh, see? yeah, m- multiple yeah. Terminator Two levels. I, I definitely agree with everything oh, you're yeah. saying there. Big time. And what a great movie to uh, to take inspiration from. It's the best action movie ever. So, oh yeah, and uh, I thought that I was brilliant coming up with that uh, puzzle piece. But the director said, <laughs> "quote." <laughs> Quote, as a kid, I was mesmerized by the relationship between John Connor and the T-800 in Terminator 2, and the way this relatable kid could suddenly have a badass villain as his pal. So, nothing the director didn't throw in on purpose, but that's going to happen with every puzzle piece that I could possibly come up with ever. That is Uh, uh, exciting. Throwing all of his references (laughs) right there in front of us. All right. Um, So, yeah. All right. Well, uh... Rose, I am ready for another Rosen, Rosen puzzle piece. I'm going to throw a curveball in here, okay? Ooh. I'm going to go with something that's not a movie. Uh, I'm going to go with what? the band Guar. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Talk about big rubber, costumes. Rubber suits. Yeah, big giant yeah, rubber, rubber suit spots. costumes and just totally over the top <laughs> yep. and absolutely insane everything along with the, the heavy metal you know, aspects of the score. And uh, I just... Yeah, just totally over-the-top insanity and great costume work and uh, everybody being a little bit different. I think costumes will come up in more of my pieces along the way. But uh, but definitely Guar, though, uh, you know, they they did it amazingly. Have you ever seen Guar live? I've never seen Guar live other than, like, bits and pieces that I've seen, like, online. I've never, like, gone too so much I think fun. I'd probably, like, pee-pee. I'd probably pee-pee my probably. pants. Probably, knowing, knowing what I know. like, I want to see Jewel. <laughs> Well, Jewel would be a good show as well, but uh <laughs> <laughs> War is a is a good one because I feel like a lot of this, even the like the fantasy sequences and whatnot, are like they look like the flashback stuff. They look straight out of like like heavy metal magazine sure. or like trippy, trippy fantasy album covers yep. and like black light posters from the seventies and eighties for sure. And and Guar was right in the mix with that aesthetic absolutely so, yeah they're yeah, they're like sure. kings of that kind of thing here's one uh a third puzzle piece is masters of the universe right. okay so the masters of the universe movie so masters of of the universe also had something that you know a film that very easily they could have made take place all in uh, uh eternia or in this case this film could have all taken place in gygax yeah. uh, or you know be be off world but of course what do we know we know that it's cheaper to make a movie that does not completely take place off off world and takes place on Earth, which is why they took He Man and the Masters of the Universe and said, "Why don't we throw them on Earth? It's cheaper. We're not going to build all these sets sure. for this movie." And this movie has that that same feel, taking something that is part of some crazy epic, like like one small piece of of an epic struggle going on in the universe. And taking that very powerful force and just dropping him into sub- suburbia. So it had a very... This movie is almost like as if they took like Skeletor from Masters of the Universe and dropped him onto a planet and said, a kid controls sure, you. Sure, like sure. Like it would be, you know... Uh, so I got a big uh, Masters of the Universe vibe out of this uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, I thought I was a genius. And then the director of this movie said... That he loves Masters of the Universe, 
and how the film is indicative of the late 80s high sci-fi concept with budget restrictions, bringing the action to Earth that he grew up with. He called it a trope he loved out of necessity, because that was the, the necessity of the studios. Yeah. Uh, and he, but he also said that he finds that kind of movie more engaging than the wish fulfillment of a Marvel movie. Oh, Ooh. interesting. He did mention Masters of the Universe as uh, one of his uh, inspirations uh, as well. So yeah, Killing it. so yeah, Masters of the Universe for sure. I like it. Uh, I like it. And I just love a hero in a diaper. Yeah, true. Essentially, yeah. He Man. That's yeah. right. Oh, interesting. JC side note. Okay. When I was a kid, my mother. I remember being so small, four years old, five years old, something like that. My mother took me to this like uh, shopping mall to get my picture taken with He Man. I was so excited. I was like, Oh my god, He Man! But when I got to the chair and it was this oiled up, tan, blonde guy, shirtless, wearing essentially like a brown diaper, I started crying uncontrollably oh, and screaming. No. And my mom had to take me oh, like out of the mall because I was hysterically crying from this oiled up uh, man and having to sit on his lap. That is, is quite an uh, insight. Into into JC's early uh, <laughs> early life there. <laughs> yes, yes, early. <laughs> Still traumatized. It's actually hard for me to watch Masters of the the Universe for a few reasons. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Well, I'm going to go on to another puzzle piece here. And as listeners of the show know, I also produce another podcast uh, called Awesome Movie Year. One that mm -hmm. JC here pestered for many many months to do an episode mm -hmm. on this particular movie oh. it is a movie from 1996 yes. called space oh. jam oh, wow you got space jam vibes from this. a little okay. bit a little bit okay so we get these humans who find these underground creatures who are locked in battle with this intergalactic force and it all ends in a sports battle so um you know, yeah, this one did end in a game of crazy ball. Yes, crazy ball instead of basketball yes, in, in the case ball. of Space Jam. And of course, these are kids instead of uh, Michael Jordan and Bill Murray and Wayne Knight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they're basically giant man. Yes, sure. absolutely. So uh, so, yeah, I, I got I got a little bit of Space Jam vibes here brought into a more uh, heavily R rated world. Let's say you like it. Yeah, the, our, so you, <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that from Psycho Gorman, you got R-rated Space Jam. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you made that connection, but I like the way that your brain works. It works differently than most, most people. I feel like you're on a higher wavelength, really. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you have to be with the amount of podcasting you do. With the amount of uh, uh, music you make, mm -hmm. with your skincare uh Whatever the True. skincare you're doing on on your face, keeping you so young and 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 vibrant, yeah. the pro the painstaking products you use in your mm -hmm. hair to look to look like you know so curly, and, yes, and well kept. Yes, thank you, thank you for all that. By the way, I, I appreciate no, no it. So no let, let's move on yeah. to the next piece. Uh, you know, my main three were those movies. Uh, I do have a number of other movies that I think just have little bits and pieces. Okay. Um. I kind of mentioned this a, a little when I said, uh, I mean, we've kind of skirted around this a little bit, but there's obviously, uh, this is not a movie, but there are obvious nods to uh, Dungeons and Dragons in this. Sure. 
Uh, PG, PG comes from the planet Gygax, which is a nod to Gary Gygax, the creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. Um, so that's why you get uh, such, and I believe that's why you get a lot of Dungeons and Dragons type concepts like Archduke of Nightmares. There are types of orcs mentioned. There are Templar cards in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. I think there's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons fantasy uh, uh, going on in here, which are also pieces of uh, what you mentioned, Guar. Totally. Uh, we all, you know, also mentioning the Blacklight posters, the, the fantasy album covers of that. Yeah, Heavy Metal takes period. its its all of its yeah, cues yeah. from that world for sure. For sure, from that Dungeons and Dragons world, and and he he uh, the director very obviously points to uh, Dungeons and Dragons. This one I did not get in an interview, but mm. since he did call the planet Gygax, it was very obvious that it was a nod to Gary Gygax. Right. And it's and Gygax is used in so many movies. Like once you know that the creator of Dungeons and Dragons is Gary Gygax, you'll start noticing things called Gygax in 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 movies, and it's always nods to Gary Gygax. Sure, um, always thrown in as an Easter egg. And as soon as I heard Gygax, I went up oh, Gary Gygax. So that is a great name, by the way. Gary Gygax. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was uh, G and G, the creator of D and G. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, that was that, that wasn't my best work. So um yeah, I mean I have a cup I have a bunch of other small ones, but I want to throw it back over to you. So yeah, so Dungeons and Dragons like was a puzzle piece. Well, I'll I'll jump right off of that onto another game actually, uh video game. Ooh. Uh and but also movies as well. Uh that's the Mortal Kombat series. All Ooh. all of these characters, the character work again, you know, we could say inspired by Guar, of course, like we were just talking about. But yeah. also, I mean, these could easily fit into like one of these kind of fighting games where everybody has like a different look and I I like that all of these alien type creatures all these monsters uh, all have different unique looks and uh, like one of yep. them's like a robot one of them's like a, a brain mm -hmm. robot thingy and then of course psycho goreman himself is whatever the hell he is just like a kind of like a boogeyman monster kind of thing in armor uh so everybody's yeah. got their own like really crazy over the top character design a lot like uh mortal Kombat characters and other like fighting games like that my favorite was the one that looked like a washing machine with body parts <laughs> sticking out the top. Do you remember that? Yeah, one? that's amazing. Look, look, not not a washing, yeah, like a washing machine with a like like a front loader washing machine. Yeah. And at one point, <laughs> uh, Psycho just punches the face, yeah. and it starts to drain out blood, and the little legs and arms sticking out the top kind of fall back inside of like. What is, like, <laughs> one of the one of the bad guys was a front loader washing machine, clothes washing machine that gets punched in the face. It was incredible. It was that's why what I said towards the beginning of this conversation. Like a lot of people, when these kind of B movies come out, a lot of people be like, "You got to see it. It's so crazy. It's so over the top." And then you yeah. watch it, and it's really just not as crazy. It's not it's not crazier than anything you've seen before. This movie is fucking nuts. You know, <laughs> stuff like that is just yeah. crazy. Oh, for sure. But that's why you watch something like this, and why you love. Like it takes a certain type of person who's not watching it to get any deeper meaning out of sure. it. They're watching it for pure entertainment and they are watching the effects. Like, look at that creature. Yeah. Oh, look how they like, look at like, like, you know, they're watching it for the effects. Yeah. Basically they're watching it for 
the gore effects and the story is secondary for sure when you watch something like my favorite moment in this entire movie uh, i mentioned it in my letterboxd review uh it is actually the, the final climax the final battle scene where Psycho Goreman uh, needs a sword and he starts tearing oh, pieces yeah. off of the villain to build a sword <laughs> yes. out of. Yeah, to make, to make a meat sword. Now that is something I haven't seen before. And that's what you go to this, yeah. is to see something you've never seen before. Yeah. I need a sword. I'm going to make it out of your bone and meat. <laughs> Amazing. Well, what do you got for your next piece? My next piece, actually, I thought it was very obvious. And I hate saying this because it's... I don't know. It just, this puzzle piece has got to be old and tired, but there was definitely Star Wars in here. Sure. Uh, because, and it's very obvious right at the beginning, when the Templar kills the guy at the council meeting for calling her religion silly. <laughs> straight out of Star Wars. Straight out of Star Wars. She's talking about, oh, my religion, blah, I'm going to whatever, the galaxy. And then the guy's like, <laughs> Your religion is silly, and she kills him right there. I'm like, okay, there's there, there's Darth Vader. Yeah, right I guess so. And then, guess what? I'm not very brilliant because here comes a quote from the director. <clears throat> so basically, the not a quote, but he says in the interview he loves Star Wars. He said he was a Star Wars kid growing up. Uh, so you can see right where he took Darth Darth Vader. But also to your point in your last fix, the 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 very the 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 various. Uh, uh, creatures, the various um, soldiers, whatever, Monsters, the various like, whatever. A- aliens in the galaxy. Yeah. He said that he loved the one thing he loved the most about Star Wars was the bounty hunter lineup. Mm. Like in that scene where it's got all the different bounty hunters, and you wondered, like, man, what's that one story? Right, what's going right. on with this one? You know, like when you all, all those kind of things. He said he wanted the creature. He wanted there to be like attention to detail amongst each individual creature, yeah. and he wanted he wanted you to want to know more about them the the same way that he felt about the bounty hunter lineup in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I actually had Star Wars on my list as well, and for that exact reason, uh, I was almost going to yeah. combine it with Mortal Kombat because, like I said, it's just like this big cast of completely different characters, and they all just look so weird and different. Kind of makes you wonder about each and every one of them. Uh, so yeah, definitely Star Wars belongs in there as well. It's like Star Wars meets meets like a pothead in front of a blacklight poster. Sure, like sure. Very intense. All right, I'll go to my next piece here, and uh, that is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. The second one oh. where they just go balls for the wall insane and just throw everything in that they could think of and it just becomes pure nonsense, pure ridiculousness. And I actually found <laughs> last year before the third Bill and Ted that I love this movie. I didn't realize it as a kid, uh, but I love just how insane this movie gets. And, you know, obviously Station could fit right in with a lot of these monsters. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Death, I think there's a lot of uh, similarities with Psycho Goreman as this, like, you know, he's he's death, he's evil incarnate, and yet he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of neutered in his abilities, and so he just becomes along for the ride, and uh, just becomes yeah. sweeter and sweeter as the movie goes on, which I think is, uh, you know, a big thing of why the death character in Bill and Ted Bogus Journey was just so much fun. Oh, for sure. And that's funny that uh, you mentioned that the, that the director did say that he tries to make sure that every fi- he treats every film like it's the last one he may ever make. Oh, nice. So he tries so he tries elite to hold nothing back. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome that you got that out of it because it was 
definitely what he was trying to do. So I think that's I think that's pretty great. Nice, nice. Well, what do you got next? Oh boy. So this one is a very tiny nod, but uh, the um, the movie uh, uh, Critters. Mm. So the movie Critters also has a an alien transforms into a into human being scene. Uh, in the very beginning, if you remember, critters. The critters are like intergalactic, like criminals that escape from a prison. Those little, those little critter critter guys. I actually, actually don't remember the uh, plot of critters criminals. like at all. They are criminal. You need to go back and watch critters okay. also because critters is another just it's 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 funny. It's it's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So critters, uh, like a lot of the comic relief in critters comes from actually these two. Uh, uh, aliens that have been like the alien cops that are that are supposed to go bring the prisoners back. They look like these weird uh, whatever. Um, they're these aliens, and they they look at like a like a video screen of like one of them looks at a pretty normal human and becomes that person. Mm-hmm. The, the one alien though looks at like a picture of like a rock star. He so he looks kind of cooler, like like a rock star guy, yeah. and it's pretty funny. And uh, in this movie. And and it happens like that where the there's a lot of like like face melting and like morphing into a a human sure, face. Sure, sure. This has that same scene with our with our uh, Templar. She like turns that human into a little flesh cube, <laughs> and then uses the flesh cube to her face starts melting. And of course, it's really funny because the one alien is blocking the other alien's eyeballs because it's so gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's like. She also becomes a, a human, so I really liked the human morphing scene. And also, like this movie, really has some of the spirit of 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 critters. And the morphing scene is you could put them side by side and see the uh, the the similarities. Yeah, you know, just that great late eighties cornball practical effects, and I just I, so I I got to go back and revisit it one of these days for sure. Right, and the thing is, is like. And the thing is, like the a lot of filmmakers are now like 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 aping that aesthetic, sure. especially like filmmakers that have like not a lot of budget, but but they still want to make something. Yeah, because now, because uh, now you can you can crank out special effects at home that are higher quality than at the time that those movies were being made for 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 nothing. This director's first film, Manborg, was made for a thousand bucks. Wow, and. Uh, and he was borrowing film equipment from his high school to to make it, and he did all the the the, the practical effects himself. And that movie was um, Manborg, and I actually just watched it today. Oh yeah, and uh, Kung Fury is Manborg. Like Kung Fury wishes it was Manborg. Oh wow, because they have like similar level of like special effects, but Manborg uh, predates uh, Kung. Kung Fury, but basically Manborg is like a little bit of a better Kung Fury. And uh it's uh I don't know, it's just a fascinating thing to watch and to know that this person made it for like a thousand bucks. And now these things are a dime a dozen, like these movies that are aping that late eighties like B budget aesthetic. Sure. You can find them everywhere on Amazon Prime. You can find like like uh Mega Time Squad, Turbo Kid, Galaxy Lords. Zero charisma, the the FP FP two. Oh yeah. There's like like two a, I guess like a little bit bigger budget. I guess like Deathgasm. Like I don't know. There's just all of these. They're all aping that style. 
it's it's pretty funny because I feel like on a on a larger budget like your Stranger Things, you know, uh, or what else is something that just came out that like kind of apes that Amblin. Like anyway, it. I feel like the like it yeah. right. So I feel like like the higher budget, they're kind of like like aping like that Amblin eighties aesthetic. Sure. But on a lower budget, they're really aping like your Roger Corman, yeah, yeah, or your trauma films or your Canon films. You know, I feel like that that's, you know, they also want to get in on that aesthetic because it's something that they all uh, grew up with and they have nostalgia for, but they only have the budget for more of a trauma or a Corman movie. And I think that's, that's great. And sometimes one of them breaks out and this is one of those that just, that just broke out. You know, speaking of which, it wasn't even on my list, but I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it in here as my next puzzle piece, but trauma films in general, uh, definitely I think is, is a great puzzle piece to have on this list. Uh, Toxic Avenger and, and all all of their all of their kind of just classic gore and effects and creature stuff and just pure ridiculousness every step of the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely like non PC. Yeah, non PC for sure. They're like purposely non PC and like gratuitous. Yeah, in every with a capital G. Oh yeah. For sure. Absolutely, and th- those movies are so much fun. And and that's another thing about this movie. I know it's getting like a. Uh, a small run right now at like drive-ins and stuff like that. I'd love to yeah. watch this movie with a crowd at like a theater yeah. once, you know, that is a thing again. Um, I, I wish that I would be able to get to see this that way. For sure. Uh, what do you got next then? I guess do yours and then I will run down a small list of things that we didn't get to that he also said inspired okay. this movie. So like, so like the pieces that like we didn't think of. Cool. Cool. Does that sound cool? That sounds good to me. Uh, my last one is, I, I think, a, an easy one. It's something I haven't watched. Again, 80s, something I haven't watched in a long time. But uh, a little yeah. a little movie called E.T. Uh, with a precocious oh, yeah, kid yeah. and an alien, I, yeah. I think definitely needs to be on this list. Uh, certainly a little bit of a different tone here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it has to be there on, on a list of movies that might have inspired Psycho Goreman. That is absolutely apropos because the inspiration for this movie came from when the director, when he finished the movie The Void, he was, oh no, he had just finished, uh, he did uh, Leprechaun 3 or something ridiculous like right. that. He did one of the Leprechaun movies. He was, wa- he was home and he said he was like just, just relaxing after that experience of making Leprechaun. And he said he was watching uh, Rawhead Rex, like the 1986 horror movie where like a evil... Um, entity starts like, like raising havoc across the Irish countryside. Okay. Uh, uh, a Clive Barker, uh, short story made into a Clive Barker film, I believe, with a Clive Barker screenplay, but it's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, this movie, he was watching Rawhead Rex, and he said to himself, he asked himself, "What if you combined Rawhead Rex, like this awakening of an evil spirit, with something like E.T.?" And he specifically said. That like this movie is essentially like what if Rawhead Rex, Rex and E.T. were like combined. So basically like meshing like contradictory tropes. Sure. Like like meshing the family adventure with the sci-fi horror fantasy. Yeah. And like what and what comedy can be mined from that. That's great. That makes yeah. so much sense too, yeah. because yeah, that that's exactly what this is. It's it's a, a blending of two very specific yeah, tropes in, in classic movies. Yep. Yeah, and it's being mined for this the 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 comedy like what just combining kids with a with with a, with a whole bunch of gore. Yeah. So let's let let's speed round what you got left then. What do you got? 
Sure. So the speed round that I have left are, let me see, he cited uh, Roger Corman's attempt at a Star Wars cash-in with production designed by James Cameron, uh, Galaxy of Terror. I don't know if you've seen uh, Galaxy of Terror. No. I have seen Galaxy of Terror. Uh, I will put a small warning on there that there's kind of a controversial, weird alien worm rape scene in that movie. So let's just, if that bothers you, don't watch Galaxy of Terror. Sure. Uh, but Galaxy of Terror is a Roger Corman movie. And then uh, Class of 1999 is one, which was uh, a sequel to the movie Class of 1984. Okay. Essentially, like, this movie is if they took, uh, basically, like, students have become so unruly that they get, like, robots to be the teachers. And what if, and what if those robots just had the, like, carte blanche to, to murder kids? So uh, another one is a movie called uh, Sinjinor, uh, which I've never seen, but he really likes that one. Sinjinor, he likes Guyver 2, and he also mentions uh, the 1999 Jamie Lee Curtis movie Virus. Okay. Yeah, so those are just some of the other movies that he mentions while talking about this movie or our like inspirations of his uh overall i love that when when um, a filmmaker is just absolutely wearing that on his sleeve and just loves talking yeah. about all of all of these inspirations that's great it's great one of my first thoughts when i was done was i was like wow what that's this is a movie that poses the question what if thanos was your bitch <laughs> there you go there's there's your pull quote for the poster for sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, use the aesthetic and just all of the tropes of a late '80s schlocky <laughs> practical effects B budget horror movie. Love it. Well, I'll go ahead and do the finished puzzle then. Then we'll get into some closing thoughts here. So the finished puzzle oh for Psycho Goreman includes yeah. Highlander, Kickass, Terminator Two, The Band Guar. Masters of the Universe, Space Jam, Dungeons and Dragons, Mortal Kombat, Star Wars, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Critters, Trauma Films, E.T., Galaxy Terror, Class of 1999, Sinigenor, what the hell is that movie? I gotta see what that movie is. Uh, Guyver yeah. 2 and Virus is our final list there. Uh, yeah, I had so much fun with this movie, man. Uh, do, do, you have, do you have any other, like, thoughts on it that we didn't quite get to while going through the puzzle pieces not really i mean i did tell you though that i watched manborg yeah and the end villain in manborg is basically the red version of psycho gorman <laughs> so it's like you could see like the, the the evolution there nice uh i was like okay so psycho gorman and the end the end guy in uh manborg are essentially the same person just a different color mm. um uh, what's what's interesting, like the the design of uh, PG was actually the director said, um, like what would get him excited if he was a little kid and saw that as an action figure on a store shelf? That makes perfect sense. I mean, I I would have yeah, I would have like, loved this thing for sure. Right, and he said that he gave the uh, designer for Psycho Gorman. He said he wants like think of Skeletor, uh, Molasar from the Keep. You ever seen the keep? I don't think I ever saw that's that. Like, that's that totally could be another puzzle piece because like Molasar is very similar to uh, Psycho. Mm. It's basically it's like a, a 
it's like a B budget schlocky movie because it ha- does have a guy in like a, a rubber suit villain. Yeah. But it somehow has Gabriel Byrne and Annie and McKellen okay. acting op- opposite the rubber suit man. Um, and then he said for the director, for the designer to look at uh, Baron Karza from Micronauts, Venom, Megatron. Uh, basic, it's basically like a mashup of Saturday morning cartoon sure. bad guys. Yeah, that's, that's to, perfect. To, to create this guy, this, to create PG. That's perfect. So, yeah, I found that interesting. So you can see all of those characters, like in either how he acts or how he looks, you can see a little bit of all of those guys in this one character he's he's basically like when you like if you were to go online and use one of those like celebrity mashup tools right. and be like what does it what does it look like when uh uh i don't know uh scarlett johansson would have a baby with tom cruise jc from the uh screen fix podcast <laughs> oh god well, oh, what yeah. would that look like i would be in, into that oh wait if i had a baby with scarjo or if i had a baby with uh psycho oh wait take your pick psycho because then yeah. i can control the universe maybe yeah. scarjo's okay you are a hunky I mean, boy jc very true we are both very hunky curly headed <laughs> curly headed princes of, of of the universe we are Speaking of uh, curly-headed princes, wh- one other thought I was going to say, the, the dad, uh, Greg, played by Adam Brooks, oh hilarious. So, so much fun. Uh, every, every scene that he's in, I, I just thought he was great. Yeah, the laziest crap dad, like, <laughs> deadbeat. <laughs> it's so, so dumb. <laughs> there are so many deadbeat dads in movies that <laughs> if art imitates life, I just wow. Feel bad like for these kids. Be, like uh, yes, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's pro. Do you think that that's probably the the the, the norm? Mo- most likely. So there's probably. <laughs> yeah, I think sadly it probably is as well. Uh, I think so. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up Psycho Gorman on. Uh, JC, is there another yeah. movie you watched recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, like you, I watch so much. Oh yeah, that it's hard to be like. Uh, like, I have to remember the last 10 things I even Definitely. Uh, you're making a note now. You're like, edit, please edit. I make, I make notes all the time, so we're One we're hour good. and four. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I got you. Um, okay, like, if you like these kind of, like, schlocky creature movies, mm-hmm. I watched the one with uh, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz uh, where she's in a bomber in the sky. It's called... Uh, Shadow in the Clouds, I believe. Shadow in the Clouds. Did did you watch that? I one? did. I did not like it that much, but I no, I could definitely I see the appeal it. though. Yeah. Well, it was well. Like I'm saying, like if if you like this movie and you like like a good like creature, sure, a little bit of suspense kind of movie like that. It was it, it was fine. Yeah. I watched it on like a like a Sunday night before work, and I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is whatever. This is fine. You know, it's like it's not uh, the most epic monster movie ever, but it was an interesting take on on that kind of stuff. Totally. Like, so base, basically she's in a bomber. It actually to me, it kind of played out almost like a, like it played out almost like a radio play for a while yeah. because it is like a lot of dialogue. She's just stuck in the in her little in the little shooting bubble underneath the uh, the, the bomber. And it's like a lot of talking over the radio and stuff like that. Sure. But it is an interesting uh, take on on something. Um, oh, also, if you like movies like this, you might want to watch Freaky. That's that's been out for a while, but now that was uh, fun. Freaky is Freaky was fun. So, yeah. a movie similar to this, I'd probably check check those out. Cool. Like I'm 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 not going to be on an episode of of like, talking about Psycho Gorman and be like, 
watch Malcolm Emery. Right. Like, it's just not. No. Go watch Shadow in the Clouds. There I go. almost did bring up Malcolm and Marie earlier, though, because of Malcolm <laughs> talking about how movies just don't always have to be about something, you know? So, and yeah, Psycho Gorman right. is a good example of that. Yeah. I'll play that much. But the thing is, you know, but it, you know, if you ask any actual professional screenwriter, they actually do need to be about something, though. Like, they actually do. They gotta be about like something. Like, if you read, like, if you read story, like, books on crafting screenplays and stories, they, they do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> to get sold if you want to sell it sure they do yeah there's gotta be a little something there <laughs> yeah yeah well jc thank you so much for doing this as always why don't you tell people where they could find the podcast yeah. and everything you're up to yeah they can find me i have a podcast uh it is called screen fix and me and a guest will uh we fix films uh some we will fix uh something recent or whatever and you know we don't try to be rude. We know that a lot of people work on a movie. We're just having fun saying what we would have done. You know what I mean? And uh, we will also sometimes tackle uh, an older film. We're trying to, uh, trying to be more constructive on the pod. Uh, uh, I do have an episode uh, coming up on the movie Catwoman, the terrible Halle Berry one. Nice. You know, so trying to tackle some classics that could maybe use a little bit of help. So uh, stay tuned. and. Check us out anywhere that you find your podcasts. Screen Fix. Every movie could use a little help. <laughs> That's a good uh, tagline there. I like it. Thank you. It didn't work on any of the ads that we put out, so we got very little clicks. So still trying to find the proper tagline uh, to hook them in. Yeah. Well, let's just keep doing what we're doing, man. But we're doing all right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, for doing the show again, JC, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Thank you. You know you're the best podcaster there is in the biz <laughs> doing movie podcasts. You are. Thanks. Don't even don't even be humble. Don't even say I want. You know it. You know it. Thank you for saying those kind words. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. Got Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and awesome moviejear.com so please like us subscribe and uh if you do like us give us a five-star rating because we love you all right so i hope you enjoyed that conversation about psycho gorman thanks to jc from the screen fix podcast for stopping by to talk about it with me he brought a lot of uh interesting insight into uh into that filmmaker huh that, that's uh, an interesting different kind of way to approach these puzzle pieces and you know i always love having all, all kinds of guest co-hosts on this show and uh everybody kind of brings a little something different to the way they prepare for these conversations so uh i, I love that about this podcast and if you are out there listening and are interested in joining me for an episode there are plenty of movies coming up that i'm going to want to talk about so get in touch with me you should uh join me for an episode so that does it for today i want to remind you as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together on uh, whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on and you can also follow us on social media at piecing pod and join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces 
Don't forget about that Patreon I mentioned at the top of the show. We do have the new awesome movie year content hitting this week. And uh, I'm actually planning on recording a bunch of back-to-back piecing it together over the next week. Uh, So those will go up early over there on the Patreon. So you'll have access to those before they actually make it up on the regular schedule. And I am currently working on music for a new film, which uh, when I'm done with that score, I may release it as a... Uh, a special bonus thing on the Patreon as well, as well as a lot of other bonus stuff I'm planning for that Patreon. But I gotta get done with all these projects first. Otherwise, I just have no time. I don't know how I find time for anything as it is. But uh, anyway, yeah, check it out. Produced by David Rosen Patreon. So that does it for today. Let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I think for a movie as crazy as... Psycho Goreman. I'm going to go with this track called Devil from my album Head Like Fire, which is one of my favorite songs I've ever put out, honestly. I, I love this song so much, and um, I, I think Psycho Goreman himself would probably dig this track. So this is called Devil. Enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon. <laughs>
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.